I love the words to that song. Hey, I'm going to introduce you to uh, our speaker for tonight, and uh, I'm really excited to have Abs come and preach for us. And um, Abby and Adrian are a really uh, important and integral part of our team here at Elam Christian Centre. And Adrian and Abby have served um, under Steve and I for many, many years, uh, started in youth ministry with us, and then they followed us up to Whangarei. Then we actually left them there. We ditched them and left them there for a number of years. And then we, we asked them to come back. And the reason why we asked them to come back down here and be a part of our team here is because this couple shows so much faithfulness and so much strength, even though the journey has not necessarily been easy. And uh, we just so value the heart that they bring to church. They're so passionate about the house of God. They're not in it for themselves. They're in it for the people that they can see reached, that they can see influenced uh, for God. And um, we're so proud of them. Abby has got three gorgeous kids and she's doing an incredibly stunning job raising them. And uh, it is my privilege for, to, to be able to welcome her up tonight to share uh, our Mother's Day message and our 5 p.m. service team. Can you give her a massive big welcome up onto the stage? Sit down, sit down. We're all family here. You don't need to stand up. <laughs> oh, how good. Well, as Beck said, my name is Abby, and I am married to Adrian. We've got three awesome kids. And um, it's really such an honor and a privilege to share on Mother's Day here at Botany tonight. And I uh, don't take the opportunity lightly because this house is really special to me. You know, I came into this house as a teenager and I met Stephen Bex and as she said, uh, we became part of the team. I met Adrian here, we got married here and now we get to raise our three kids here. So it's really an honor and a privilege to share with you this Mother's Day at our 5 p.m. service. But you know, it's Mother's Day and I still haven't called my mum yet. Oops, um, I'm in trouble. <laughs> but I know my mum will be listening on podcasts. So mum, I promise as soon as I'm finished preaching, I will call you and say happy Mother's Day. And I wanna say happy Mother's Day to my mother-in-law who's holding down the fort with my kids. You guys are awesome. But can we give a round of applause for all the mums in the house? All the mums, aunties, sisters, friends, all the ladies. You know, you guys are incredible and you bring something special and uh, we wanna honor you and champion you on and say thank you for all that you do. But come on, before we get into the word tonight, let us pray. God, I thank you that you're in this house. God, I thank you that you have a word in season. And God, I pray as I bring the word tonight, God, would you replace my words and place in yours. God, would you tailor make this message for each and every person represented here tonight. God, I thank you that we're not here by accident, but you called us here because you had a purpose to meet with us tonight. God, I thank you for all the women in the house. I pray that you bless them. May you bless our time together this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I love my mom. My mom is awesome. She's such a legend, and um, it's a pity she couldn't be here tonight, but she lives in Australia. But, you know, my mom taught me some incredible lessons growing up in life, and especially some in the early years. And I'm sure that a lot of you would be able to relate to these. You know, my mom taught me logic because I said so, and that's why. My mom taught me about genetics. You got that from your father. My mum taught me about how to make a point. If I've told you once, I've told you a million times. 
I can hear myself saying this to my own children. <laughs> it was like on repeat this week. Come on, I've asked you a million times. My mum taught me the importance of eating all your dinner. If you don't eat your food, you'll never grow any taller. Well, I guess I never learned that <laughs> lesson. <laughs> my mum taught me how to pray. You better pray that comes out the carpet. Can I get an amen if we all heard these ones before? <laughs> how good. But all jokes aside, all jokes aside, my mum has taught me some really important lessons in life. You know, my mum has taught me the importance of putting God first. You know, my mum was the one that, that when I first decided to give my heart to Jesus, she was the one that sat with me and prayed with me in my bedroom. You know, my mum has taught me that whether we're in the valleys or the mountaintops, that God is still first and God still has a plan and a purpose. And you know, I'm so grateful for a God-honoring mum that has taught me the importance of putting God in the position that he deserves to be in in our lives. And so in saying that, she also has taught me the importance of family. You know, there's nothing that my mom loves more than her kids. And now she's got grandkids to add in the mix of all of that. But just for the record, just while like this is being recorded, I am the favorite, okay? Like I have like special privileges, but I think I'm slowly being like downranked because the more grandkids that come in, the lower we go and the higher they get. So I don't know how much longer I'll last there, but I'll keep trying. But the thing about my mum is she loves it when her kids are all together. We all live in different areas and different cities and different countries. And so to have us all together in one place at a time is so important for my mum. She finds such joy in those moments that we can all spend together. And she goes to a great effort to make sure that we all take time out of our busy schedules and the things that we've got going on in our world to come together for important moments, to spend time together, to uh, learn what each other have been up to, to have a time of remembrance and celebration. And my mum loves a good dinner party. Does anyone else's mums love a good dinner party? Yeah. So my mum, she doesn't go half effort with a dinner party though, right? So she's got to make sure that the house is pristine and clean. I don't know why she bothers doing this now that she has grandkids though. Like they just throw everything everywhere. There's no point putting order in before the chaos. Like just let it get chaotic, more and more chaotic. But she likes to have it all beautifully organized. She makes sure that she's got like our favorite food, our favorite drinks, all in the cupboard in the fridge, ready for us when we get there. And then she's a lady of delegation though. Before it gets to the pantry in the fridge, she sends my dad with a list to go get it all. Like she makes sure she's not doing it all by herself because while dad's doing that, she's making sure that the table is set beautifully. Everyone's got their seat and their position and place that they can come and sit and dwell in when they come into her house. And then we come to the climax of it all where we all get there in our chaos and our craziness and we come around the table. And I love these moments because they're full of laughter. They're full of remembrance of funny things that have happened in the past or silly situations that have gone down there, a time of celebration where we catch up on a celebration that maybe we've missed since we've all last been together, birthdays or Christmases. And then I'm also sitting there, like another love of my mum is she loves candles. Like she loves candles at the table, but the problem is candles and Adrian don't mix. Like he will be sitting at the table with his napkin and egging on everyone around him to try and see who can burn the napkin the fastest or something silly. Like he's got the decor and he's like poking at the candle. I'm praying that he doesn't burn the table. You know, these moments are beautiful moments. They're such fun moments, a moment of connection. 
an intimate connection because we are family. And when I look in my mum's eyes in these moments, you can just see the happiness as she sits around and sees everyone sitting there, her kids, her grandkids, my dad, and other family members if they can be there. And you know, as I look at my mum in these moments, I'm reminded of actually that's God's heart for us that he desires for us to come and be in his presence and to dwell in his presence. You know, the Bible says that he set a table before us with everything that we need, everything that will sustain us, he has set before us at his table and he wants to call us to his table, to dwell. And as I looked into this theme that we have for this Mother's Day of dwell, and it said this, if we look at the original Hebrew word that they used in the Bible before they translated the word dwell, it's the word yeshebi. And yeshebi is this, it says come and sit. That is what God is calling us to do. He's calling us to come and sit in his presence, to come dwell in his presence. Other words for dwell are to abide, to stay, to linger. He wants us to linger in his presence. And I don't know about you, but I don't think that I could go a week, a month, a year without sitting down and having a meal and something to drink. And so why do we starve our souls for a day, a week, or longer from what God has prepared for us. You know, the drink and the water that never runs dry, the bread and the food that will always sustain us. You know, he's calling us into a place of dwelling. And when we come and we dwell at the table, we discover some things. And I wanna share three quick thoughts this evening about what we can uh, learn when we come to the table. But just before I do, I just wanna touch in Ephesians 2, verse four and onwards. It says, but God is so rich in his mercy and he loved us so much that even when we were dead in our sins, he gave us life and he raised us to Christ raised us to life with Christ. And it goes on to say, he seated us with him in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. You know, church, that's a beautiful picture that, you know, when Jesus died on the cross, it actually paved the way. It took away any hindrance that stopped us from coming and sitting in heavenly places with our Father. And, you know, as we look at that picture, I wanna go into the first thing that we find when we come and dwell at God's table this evening, and that is that we find our identity. You know, I think God's trying to tell us something that's been touched on so much tonight already. You know, so often as women and as humanity, I think we can often lose our identity in things that are going on in the world, things that distract us. Maybe it's a job. We find our identity in what we do. Maybe it's the friends that we associate ourselves with. Maybe it's our kids, our achievements. You know, all these things we can find ourselves basing our identity on. And the problem is, though, when we place our identity in worldly things, it's gonna constantly change. This world is constantly changing. If we choose to place our identity in that, we're gonna be wish-washed from side to side, not knowing who we are. And so I wanna challenge you this evening, if you lost the job, if you lost the house, if you lost the friends, would you be content in just being his? If you lost it all, who would you be? Are you content enough being his, his child, a child of God, just being his, without all the other stuff that we can often find ourselves placing our identity in? You see, when we place our identity in Christ, 
then that is where we find our constant identity. It's not shifting, God does not lie, he does not change his mind, but he is constant. And so when we place our identity, and the Bible says that we are made in the image of Christ, it is not changing. When we place our identity in the truth that it says in God's word, you know, it says in the Bible that we are blessed, we are chosen, we are beloved, we are redeemed, we are strong, we are victorious, we are qualified, we are forgiven, we are free, we are his masterpiece. You know, friend, you are not just the way you look, you're not the color of your skin, you're not who you associate yourself with, you're not who your culture is or who you've grown up around. You are a child of God. And as Beck said, when we declare that over our lives, things shift and we discover who we truly are made to be. You see, we are not able to get our identity from anyone else because they didn't create us. God was the one that created us. And when we sit at the table across from our creator, then we truly discover from him when we dwell in that place of who he's created us to be, the way he's designed us to be, our giftings, our calling, not the person next to us, not the money, not the job, but actually just who he's called us to be. And that is simply his. And he has a place at the table for you, my friend. You know, you don't need to bring anything. You don't need to get dressed up. You don't need to um, have the right friends at the table to get an invite. You can just come as you are and dwell in his presence. And when you spend time there and you linger there and you stay there, that's where we can truly see our lives be transformed into who God's called us to be, amen? Secondly, when we come to his table, we find rest. And you know, as moms and as women, you know, our life is a bit like a beautiful chaos, right? Like we are doing nappy changes when our babies are born and then they grow into a little bit bigger and we're trying to toilet train them and then we've got kindy drop-offs and school drop-offs and after-school activities and we've got to make sure the house is clean and the jobs are done and that there's food on the table. My husband's amening. He likes food on the table. This is your dinner. Hope you're satisfied. <laughs> Mother's Day, think it's your call. So, <laughs> I'm gonna get myself in trouble. This might be the first night I sleep on the couch. <laughs> Not on Mother's Day, I've got a day. It's all good. But you know, <laughs> jokes aside, jokes aside, it's a beautiful chaos, right? But I mean, just thinking about all that stuff, that I've got to do, that makes me just feel exhausted. Like, I'm like, I've got to get up in the morning and do that all over again. And then just when I get to the end of tomorrow, I'm sure I'll get down my list and think that I've done everything. I'll go to sleep and I'll get up and have to do it all over again. And whether you're a mum or not, I'm sure you can relate to the busy seasons of life. But you know, God is calling us to work out of a place of rest and not work to have a rest. And so God is calling us to come and dwell in his presence, find that resting place where we can be rest assured, where we can be strengthened, where we can be sustained. It comes from dwelling in his presence. And you know, I went through a really hard season um, a few years back and it was probably the hardest season I had to walk through as a parent. When we had our second daughter, Sienna, uh, she tried to come early. We put her off as long as we could. But uh, she was five weeks premature. And 
Um, we thought we were having a normal, healthy baby girl, apart from the usual complications that come with a premature baby. And this was when we were still up in Whangarei. And a few days in, they said, hey, look, we want to send you down to Auckland. We've just got a few concerns. We just want to uh, send you to intensive care down there. And, you know, you, they can investigate what's going on. And about a week into our time down there, we sat across the table from some doctors. And they told us a long list of health challenges that Sienna was facing. And I can remember walking out of that doctor's office feeling really like my world had been flipped upside down. And I can remember walking down the hallway, sobbing back to our accommodation with a quiet conversation going on in my head between me and God. And it went something like this. It wasn't supposed to be this way. And like, what is this going to look like for us? What does her future look like? You know, I wanted to know exactly what I was getting myself in for. And I could feel the anxiety and the stress of everything that I just heard just raising higher and higher and higher. And I just felt God's still small voice say this. He said, be strong and courageous and rest as I watch, show you what's gonna become of this beautiful situation. And for me, it was tough. It was not beautiful at all in any sense. But you know, I had to learn in that season to rest in God. And you know, if we look in Psalm 91 verse one, it says this, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Come, let's take a break, it says in Mark 6.31. Come, let's take a break and find a secluded place where you can find rest for a while. I love that picture, of where you can find rest for a while. It's not just for a moment, but it's for a while. It's a lingering, it's a dwelling of finding rest. And as I had this journey that we faced with Sienna, it was me learning that actually I wasn't gonna be able to do it in my own strength, but it was actually working out of the rest that God was gonna place in me. As I spent time in his presence, as I dwelled in him, as I trusted that God was gonna get me through this situation. Friend, I don't know what circumstance you're going through tonight, but can I tell you, I don't know what table you're sitting at. Are you sitting at the table with doctors? Are you sitting at the table with family members? Are you sitting at the table with your circumstance? Well, you need to get up from that table and sit across the table from your maker. Because when you sit in his presence, you will find rest for the journey. You will find rest that will get you through even the most hardest of circumstances. And just the other day, I was flicking through my phone as I was switching some stuff from my old phone to my new phone, and I found this. And it was a note that I wrote just a few days after uh, we'd got the news. And I believe that actually it's a win season for someone tonight. It says this, you need not strive for what I've already given you, but just rest and watch what I can do if you just submit to the situation. You know, God had already given me Sienna and me striving to try and make her better, me striving to try and make it into what I thought it should look like and me striving to try and figure it all out was only gonna leave me stressed out, burnt out and tired and exhausted, not being able to do any of what God was calling me to do in that moment if I hadn't have listened and found a place of rest in his presence. You know, sometimes it can't be a secluded place of rest but you can have rest in any moment. You know, the situation that we were in, in intensive care, I don't know if you've ever been in one of those situations, but the atmosphere is so heightened. Like you walk in there and you just feel the tenseness of what's going on in that place. There's alarms going off, there's people running around, like everything's going on. 
but I can remember just moments just sitting in an armchair holding Sienna and just reading the Word of God and just trusting that if we just kept going and we just stayed in His presence, that He would get us through. If we just rested in His presence, then He would bring us through the hardest of circumstances. And I look back on the journey now that wasn't short. You know, we took her home after just over a month and we took her home with oxygen, like 24-7 oxygen, so it was carrying oxygen tanks around, like wherever we went, and she had a feeding tube, we had so many doctor's appointments, and surgeries, and different things that went on, but now, like, she's sitting here in the second row, and she is the happiest, most healthy three-year-old girl that you could ever imagine. But you know, that was what God was trying to show me. He was trying to say, look, I'll get you there, but if you just rest in me now, that will actually help you get there. I don't know where I would have been if I hadn't chosen to rest in God and dwell in his presence in those moments where I didn't know what to do. You know, I don't know what circumstance you come in, whether you're on the mountaintop or the valley tonight, but can I encourage you to have a time of rest? If you're feeling exhausted in this place tonight, before you place your head in that pillow, would you sit with God and be still and have a moment of rest? I promise you that it will bring you a moment of fulfillment, which brings me to my last point, that when we dwell at the table, we find fulfillment. We find true fulfillment. You know, if there's anything that I've learned from just growing up in my life's experiences and wisdom being a mom is that my kids don't actually, you know, it's not necessary for them to have what they want, but it's necessary for them to have what they need. You know, my kids will tell you that a donut is a sufficient meal, breakfast, lunch, or dinner. They'd also tell you that staying up late is also a really great idea. But what they need is they need a decent meal, a balanced diet, and they need to be on bed at a decent time if they're gonna function and do everything that they need to do the next day. You know, as I look at that as me as a mum, that's so the heart of God as well. You know, we think we know what we need. We think we know what will nourish us. But actually, we have no idea half the time. (laughs) You know, God knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows our needs. He knows our wants. And if we're gonna find fulfillment, it needs to be found in the right place. You know, you might look for fulfillment in a relationship. It won't satisfy. You might look for fulfillment in a job. It won't satisfy. Maybe it's in substance. Maybe it's in money and chasing the big dreams. Whatever it is that you are chasing to try find fulfillment, it will never satisfy because until Jesus is enough, nothing will satisfy. You see, true fulfillment only comes in the presence. It only comes when dwelling with the one that actually knows the perfect plan for your life, the perfect things that you need. And you know, the Bible says he doesn't just give us gives, he doesn't just give us what we need, but actually he gives us the desires of our heart, it says in Psalms, you know, he doesn't just give us, and it gives us some great advice in Matthew 6, 33, it says this, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need, you know, when we prioritize coming to the table, and we prioritize being in his presence, He will give us all that we need and more. You know, that water never runs out. That bread will always satisfy you. 
And you know, if we want to be able to run this thing called life in a successful way, in a way that we feel fulfilled and we have purpose and we know that, you know, it's all gonna be okay, then we need to dwell at his table and find the one that can actually bring what we need to do the journey. You know, I've never been so fulfilled than right now. Like, I look at my life and I'm like, God, how did you plan it so perfectly? You know, it's greater and better than I could have ever hoped or imagined. But it's simply because I've chosen to trust the journey and trust God with my steps. And you know, I love that idea that it says in the Word that He actually does place us in the right place at the right time, that He actually guides us and shows us where to step and where to go. And as I think about that image of God actually ordaining our steps, I think about, you know, I don't know if you guys did this as a kid, but standing in my living room or my kitchen as a child with a grandparent or my parents, and I would stand on their feet and hold their hands and they would like dance you around the room. Do you guys ever do that? No, just me? Okay. <laughs> but as I look at that picture, you know, when they would do that to me, I would find so much joy in the unexpected move. I would think that actually it would take so much effort, but there was no effort at all because they were doing all the work for me, lifting my feet. You know, that's just like God. If we take time to dwell in His presence, if we just place our feet firm on His, to take time to dwell with Him, to spend time with Him, to stand in Him, to abide in Him, there's actually such an easiness to life. There's such a fulfillment because we're not forcing it, we're not trying to make it happen, but we're going with the movement of God. We're going where He called us. We're listening to His slow, quiet prompt of, hey, let's take our focus here for the season. Hey, why don't you take that opportunity? Hey, that's not quite the job that I'm calling you to, but hold on, there's something better coming. That's not you know, quite what I saw happening here. Why don't you just take pause for a second and see what I'm trying to do here? Would you just come and sit with me for a moment? Would you come dwell with me? And I will tell you the life that I have called you to, the life that will bring you the greatest fulfillment that you could ever think or imagine. Church, God has a plan and a purpose for your life, and it's far greater than anyone we could come up with on our own. And as I come to a close this evening, I wanna extend an invitation. And this invitation comes straight from the table, from God to you. And, you know, He is inviting you to come to the table this evening. He's inviting you to have a relationship, to come dwell in His presence. And, you know, as He calls you, you don't need to bring anything. You don't need to put on any fancy clothes. You don't even have to contribute any money to the meal because the bill's already been paid. You know, God sent His Son, Jesus, to die on a cross for you and for me. And as He died on that cross, He paid the price for our shortcomings, for our sin, and allowed us to come freely to the table without constraint. There's a seat waiting with your name on it, with your name on it. And so just with every head bowed and eyes closed, just for respect out of those around you, I wanna extend an invitation to you this evening. God is calling you to His table. He wants a relationship with you. 
And so I want to invite you right now, if you would like to accept that invitation to come to the table, to have a relationship with God, I'm going to give you that opportunity in just a moment. And I'll ask you just to raise your hands just so that I can uh, acknowledge your decision. It's your personal decision. I'm not gonna call you out. I'm not gonna embarrass you. But I just wanna acknowledge who I'm praying with tonight. So one, He loves you and He wants you to come sit at the table. Two, Jesus paid the price for your shortcomings so that you don't have to bear the weight of it. And three, if that's you tonight and you want a relationship with the Jesus that will tell you exactly who you are, if you want a relationship with the one that has a place at the table, would you just lift your hands this evening if that's you this evening? Awesome, I see that hand. Fantastic. Well, come on, why don't you just pray this prayer after me in your heart this evening if that's the decision you wanna make tonight. God, I thank you that you are a God who loves me. God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on a cross for me for my shortcomings. And God, tonight I choose to come sit at your table, to come hear what you've got to say about me, to take you seriously and to take your guiding Jesus. God, would you guide me? into a place of fulfillment, into alignment with what you have for my life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Come on, church, let's celebrate those that made a decision tonight. Amazing. Can we thank Abby for a great word tonight? Incredible. Hey, church, we wanna do just a couple of things that we feel like are really important aspects of our service. We would love for you to grab the Connect card that's on your seat. Right now, if you could grab that out and if you made a decision tonight, if when Abby indicated to do so, if you lifted your hand or maybe if you didn't raise your hand but you said that prayer for the first time or maybe you you made a decision to follow God a number of years ago but you've been far away from Him and you didn't raise your hand tonight, that's okay. You can do this too. All we want to do is be able to help you. We wanna be able to get alongside you. We wanna be able to put something in your hand that's gonna help you along this journey. We're not gonna stalk you, so don't worry. We won't turn up at your house in a week's time, but we would love to be able to connect with you. If you could put your name and a way for us to contact you on this card, then on the second box down, it says, I'm committing, recommitting my life to Christ. You could tick that box in just a few moments' time. Uh, some offering buckets are gonna come around. You can pop this in the offering bucket as it goes around, and we would love to be able to help you on your journey. That would just be absolutely incredible. Just to give you a few minutes to fill that out. If you wanna get connected in any other way, we would love to help you do that as well. If you want, need to take a step, uh, maybe you need to uh, attend our growth track. We run an incredible course that just helps you to discover who God's created you to be. And uh, we believe in not growing church as much as we gr- believe in growing people. We're all about helping you discover who you are so that you can grow and, and be fulfilled, just what, like what Abby said. And one of the ways that we do that is through our growth track. You can do that as well in small groups. And we've got heaps of small groups around the place. Anything on that card, you just tick the box and just a moment when the buckets come around, you put that in the bucket and one of our team will get in touch with you this week. We would just love to help you take your next step. I've got to tell you one other thing that's coming up. In two weeks' time, I think it's on the 26th, of May, we have got Pastor David Hall coming to our morning services. He is amazing. We love having Pastor David with us. 
Uh, not only is he absolutely hilarious and will have you in stitches the whole time, but he is so anointed and God always shows up and does something incredibly powerful. And I wanna encourage you to make sure you set aside that morning uh, to come on out. You could be at church all day and I guarantee you, you will still be ready and rocking to go. But come evening, we're gonna have a fantastic time. Hey, I promised you something. Did I promise you? Did I tell you we have a gift for every woman? We got a gift for every lady tonight. We've got a gift for every single woman in the room. And uh, I tell you what, these gifts were nearly the death of me. Man, I have been waiting for like two weeks for them to arrive. Do you know what time they arrived? Four o'clock on Friday afternoon, no joke. I knew that by five o'clock, there was no way I was getting them because the doors were gonna be shut at customs and they would not be letting them out. 4 p.m. they arrived at church. My goodness. Talk about stressing a girl out. 2,400 of these puppies and I was waiting for them. What was I gonna do with them afterwards if they didn't try? Anyway, I'm, not, I'm over it, I really am. But ladies, this gift is something that we just are so excited about because um, we just love to bless you. We wanna bless you. We wanna uh, just be able to give this to you to say that we love you, we value you, we honour you, we appreciate you. We just think you're absolutely incredible. And so our gift for you. Where is she? Check this out. How cool is this? Oh, come on, Kirsty. Uh, it's printed with, with Dwell. Look at that. This is just a reminder. Isn't, hey, listen, our verse, Psalm 91, those who dwell under the shadow, hello, under the protection. Do you get it? Under the shelter. Do you get it? Do you get what I'm doing? Can you, do you, do you see what's going on here? It's an umbrella, shelter, you know, dwell under, you got it? Okay, go. One for every girl in the room. Come on, on your way out. At both doors on the way out, we would love to just bless you with one of those. Um, we're gonna receive our giving now and uh, the buckets in just a moment, they're gonna go around. But before they do, let me pray. Father God, I thank you so much. Lord, that you're a God whose heart is just to be reconnected with His people. And uh, we're so privileged to be part of that and part of the story of so many people having their lives changed and transformed for you. And we know tonight that as we give, it's not just giving money, it's not just about us, Lord, but actually every single dollar we give is representative of a story that someone can tell of their life being changed and transformed. And we're so, so thankful that we get to be part of those journeys, part of those stories. So we ask you to bless what's been given tonight. We ask that you would make it go way further than we could make it go. Lord, would you just have your way in our lives? In Jesus' name, amen. Well, church, I'm gonna get you to stand.